and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Coffee and Catholics. This week we are talking with Alexandra Greeley. Um, she's an author and um, we're talking about food and faith with her today. Welcome, Alexandra. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here and talking about my favorite topic, food and faith. <laughs> Us too. We <laughs> all have in common. What a coincidence. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a Catholic convert, and when I joined my parish in Virginia, my then pastor let me start a a garden and some cooking classes, and the cooking classes were the basis of the first cookbook I wrote, and then I also write for the National Catholic Register about food and faith, so that really got me involved in the whole aspect of cooking and faith and, and how people honest honestly worship god through food i mean we wouldn't survive without food so it's a very critical element in our life yeah i read a little bit about the um the garden and that in the cooking classes you had started and how like you were was it wasn't it a garden for helping feed the the needy or through catholic charities or something yeah i I donated first for the first few years i went to well i went to catholic charities but they moved it from one place out to a big warehouse and that's where we took the food out and it was it was very productive. One year we had fourteen hundred pounds of fresh produce, which is a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's just so wonderful. I love that, just like that grassroots thing there at the parish, and just um, really incorporating the community in that. It's yes, just beautiful. We also had a farmers market on the church grounds, so people could walk into church. There were people who would take them on a guided tour of the church after they buy food or before they buy food. So it was. Always connecting food and faith. That was mm-hmm. my oh, my great <laughs> pr- proposal to do this. My my parish priest was really wonderful. He let me do all of this, so it was great. Really. Sounds wonderful. And then you uh, with the National Catholic Register, and then for preparing for the the current book that you have written. Um, I know you you've just interviewed so many different. Um, people that I know here at our podcast were very big, you know, about conversation and really incorporating our faith with everything that we do. So tell us a little bit about the, um, like, just some of the people you've you've met with and talked with, and just I just love to hear these stories. Oh, it's been wonderful. I've been doing this for about three years, and I interview Catholics all over. They're either cookbook writers, farmers, or priests, or you know, home cooks who, you know, are very well known for what they do. And I've really interviewed some fascinating people. They've all been fascinating, but like there's a the Catholic priest in Wyoming who does cooking, uh, cooks for people, but he rides his horse to different parishes because he's, he's way out in the country. I mean, I've interviewed people like that. It's just been, when I interviewed Father Leo Padalinghook, yeah, which is really amazing. He's a fascinating person. So I've been very blessed to be able to do this. It's just been a, a, a great teaching lesson because I'm a, a convert and I've learned a great deal about Catholicism from a very different angle, I think, than, than most people do from the kitchen. That's how I've learned about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and when you've done these, I'm just curious, when you've done these interviews, have they, um, have you been able to do these interviews over food and like gotten to experience the different foods from the different, you know, the people that you've, you've interviewed? I'm sorry, I, I, how do I experience it? 
Well, they, I, well, I've interviewed people all over the United States. I mean, not just, you know, not just in the Virginia area. And they, I asked them how they become Catholic and why they got involved with food. And their stories have been really very fascinating, like the, the Catholic cowboy who uh, cooks for parishioners and you so, know, runs, runs the cattle around. So the, I think what Alicia's uh, kind of alluding to, and I could be wrong, but correct me if I am, um, is if you've gotten to try any of these dishes that, that, these, that you've presented, like in this book or in some of your other writings. In the cookbook, yes. Mm-hmm. Not, not what is on the newspaper, not in the Catholic Register. I don't test those recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming they're all good. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the, for the cookbook, yes. For the uh, cooking with the saints, there were so many recipes. I had a lot of parishioners help me cook them. And then for this last cookbook, it was the, you know far fewer recipes, and I, I tested them myself. It was much easier. And I had a friend who helped me too, so... Because writing that book was a lot of work. Yeah. You can tell the the level and the skill in your storytelling and in your writing is beautiful. You're able to make these cultures come alive and you make the reader want to connect more with their own history as as a person. You know, I don't when I when I was reading these stories of all these different people from all over the world and I didn't get to read all of it, but the ones that I read, the thing that struck me the most is that There are so, you know, I think sometimes as Americans, we get in this little idea that we're the only ones out there and that Catholicism is only a Catholic American version of Catholicism. But your book helps crack that open to show how Catholicism is so deep and beautiful in all these different cultures and all these different expressions all over the world. And that unites us as Christians in a new way over food, which is something that just we don't always have a connection to each other with so what you're doing is a really interesting way to unify catholics all over the world i think it's really neat well thank you it was for me it was really eye-opening because as i said i was a convert and i had absolutely no idea how profoundly devoted to catholicism so many people were in so many different countries mm-hmm. and i you know i interviewed them all of course and uh sent them back a copy of their profile to make sure everything I said wrote about them was correct. But it was fascinating to see how, how devout they were as Catholic. I had no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm a convert. I just, I didn't know. It was a very great learning experience. It really was. And um, as somebody who um, married into a farming family, and we actually have our, we've started our own vineyard and things, I kind of stuck to the farming section of your book. Um, but one of the things that really, struck me and I just loved was the quote eating as a moral act is eating or eating is truly a moral act and um, I just love that because I think a lot of times people don't make that connection of farm to table and what um, we talk about being good stewards of the earth and how, how important farmers are to that and how they have to take care of their livestock and how they have to care for um, the plants that they are nurturing so that we can all eat. And so I really loved that section of your book and how that connected to how we as Catholics are trying, should be good stewards of the gifts that God gives us, including our food. Well, the book was dedicated to James Ennis, who is a director of Catholic Rural Life. And he is an 
profoundly dedicated to supporting Catholic farmers in rural sections. He, he really is an amazing, he's an amazing man. He really is. Yeah. I've definitely been more interested in learning more about that organization since reading your book also. Oh. You, should, you should contact, interview him for heaven's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should. There you go. You should. Uh, I, I, as well, too. <laughs> The, the, this is in the same, I think, section that um, Stacy was just talking about. But I just, I had written down a quote after you know reading one of the sections, and um, and it really connected to what Lauren had said. I just loved it. It was just as the meal of the Eucharist binds us all in the church, we are also connected through the earthly food we eat. And I just thought, you know, that is so true. And that, you know, we are connected through the Eucharist, but also through our meals. Like, that's something we all have to do. We all have to eat. Mm -hmm. And um, like Lauren said, like, you know, you're, you're all, where you interview people from all over the world. And that's something that we all have, you know, we can all come together and, and do together is, you know, eat. <laughs> I mean, that's what God gave us, was mm -hmm. the food to survive. Exactly. And we should be grateful. That's why you should talk to Jim Ennis at the Catholic Rural Life. He's an amazing man. He really is. Amazing, man. You know what he's doing is is saving our farmers, saving our rural rural farmers. Well, and it makes me think about like in scripture, you read about how Jesus he comes together with people over food all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, multiplying the loaves and the fish for everyone, like really caring about not only our souls but our bodily well being as well. And how that just you know I think that personalized him so much to people because mm -hmm. you know he was a human being who was fully fully man. And so he was able to partake in that, um, and that while also revealing that he was going to feed us with himself. Mm. And so I think can you know what what this sounds like to me is a very Christ-like thing to try to bring people together over food because that's what he did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, another thing that I really loved was um, in one of the sections you talked about a farmer who had a, um, a kind of an internship program where they showed people how to do this, how to be good stewards of the animals and things. Um, I guess he's great, right? Yes. 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 He's a wonderful, you should talk to him too. <laughs> <laughs> we got a long list now. From this <laughs> but um, I loved how it, he then talked about like, we want to follow God in the spirit of humility and practice of the Catholic faith. And our role is to love God and our neighbors and to thank God for all he has given us. And talk, and he continued to talk about how part of thanking God is by sharing these, by training others to be stewards of our earth also. Absolutely. Oh, he's, he's, well, there's so many of the farmers are really fascinating, but Jesse Strait is amazing. He lives not very far away in Northern Virginia and his Farm is beautiful, and he is a very devout Catholic, really he's an amazing man. And he has a food store where you can go in and buy products that he grows. And he makes deliveries, too. He's that kind of man. You should really interview him seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you're working on now, because you seem like a person who is always thinking, thinking, and creating, and um, just working through stories and thinking about stories. Do you have any projects in the works right now that you're working on? Yes, I, well, I always continue to write for the Register and for Catholic Exchange, but I've also started writing for Legatus and Regnum, I guess that's it. They asked me to do a book review, and I've sent in a book proposal to a, a local publishing house called Cooking with the Priests, because many of the oh, priests yeah. I've interviewed in the Register are cooks, mm -hmm. like Father Hathaway, who was the priest who brought me into the church in the first place. 
but he's does a wonderful cooking show for his parish. So I hope that they will accept the proposal because he's he's terrific, and I would, the book would be dedicated to him. I used to cook for him when he was at my parish at the uh, rectory. I cooked for him eighty different times, and he I always had to hand him a menu beforehand. He'd go through, and I want this dish, and I want this dish, and I want this dish. He's a real foodie, so I hope they. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Um, yeah, and I know you you're, you have another uh, the another book, Cooking with the Saints. It has the and I, I know like in my own family, I like to add in like little little liturgical touches. Not quite so complicated as some of the um, recipes that were in there. I mean, some of them are fairly simple, and some of them were a um, little more out of, out of my comfort zone. Um, but like I do things like you know, like maybe for like. One of my favorite ones was for St. Lucy Day, having chocolate eyeballs, because I have four boys, and they thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but um, do you have a, any favorite liturgical meals? Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my, she's in Brutus Dinager, who's in this book. Uh, her house looks like a Catholic retreat house, it's, and her she's devoted to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and she will. She always cooks every priest, uh, every holy feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. She has a a feast for friends, and her cooking is amazing, and the food is amazing. So that's, I guess, Mexican food. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I do that every day. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> celebrate her. Celebrate Our Lady every day. <laughs> I have I a question that. for you. Um, this love for food and this passion for food came from somewhere. Um, in your life. What is your story of how you fell in love with food or or connected this love and sweetness in your soul to become this incredible apostolate? Like, what is your story? When I lived in Hong Kong for four years, and my last year there, the editor of the South China Morning Post asked me to be their their food writer. And it changed me entirely because it started me in a whole different world of looking at food in a foreign country mm. and I wrote excessively or you know many many you know many times a week and I went to sample food from all over and even I went to mainland China as well and when I came back to the United States I got a job working for a time life cookbook series and that really cemented me into my food cooking my cooking life that's, that's so that's how it really got started I was living in Hong Kong uh, wow. whoever would have guessed that that would happen <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was one of the few American women I think they ever hired to do something like that. So it was quite yeah. quite a life changing time. It really was. Any anything else you would want me to tell you? I can... Do you want to share a little bit about your conversion story? I would love to hear that. I I was <laughs> I don't know if you know what a Baha'i is, but I was a Baha'i beforehand. I do know what that is. Yeah. And I went to my physical therapist at the time was uh, Catholic, and she said to me that she was going to go on a pilgrimage, a Catholic pilgrimage. And I said, well, tell me about Catholicism, because I knew nothing. And the words she said next changed my life. She said, it is the one true faith God gave mankind. It was on an October, late October afternoon. It was like I saw lightning. And the next day, I contacted two different parishes in my diocese and started going to RCIA classes. That's what happened. Wow, that quick. What a beautiful spirit of openness to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was amazing, I and mean, it was life-changing. That moment was life-changing. And so, and then, of course, when I was going, one of the RCA classes were being held at St. Veronica, where Father Hathaway was, and he met me in the hall, and he said, well, uh, 
you're taking RCA classes. What have you been? I said, I, I was a Baha'i. He said, a what? What is a Baha'i? <laughs> of course he knew what it was, but he was being funny. <laughs> Well, for those of us who don't know, like, I don't know what a Baha'i is. And so it, was that like a pretty radical conversion, like from like one it, it, train of thought? It's from Iran. It is a kind, a kind of gentle version, version of Islam. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they're very, I suppose they're basically in, in their view of life, very Christian in their way. Of course, mm -hmm. they're not Christian, but they would never murder anybody. They don't kill their enemies. They're mm -hmm. very loving and accepting of others. Becoming Catholic really changed my life. And that's, I mean, Baha'is are very nice people, but Catholicism is very different. So, mm -hmm. very life changing event, really was. Wow. At, at that afternoon, one true faith God gave mankind. I think of those words often. It sounds like you had sort of an Apostle Paul moment, like where just this one statement and the scales fell and you could see what you needed to do. That's incredible. That, that's, I think that's a good way of describing it. It really was an Apostle Paul movement. It, it, it changed my life. <laughs> and then poor Father Hathaway had to deal with this. When I, when I joined the parish after I went through the classes, I went up to him. I was still somewhat of a stranger there, and I said, can I do some cooking classes? And he looked at me, cooking classes? What do you, what do you want to do that for? <laughs> but he let me do it. So. That's so I, cool. I didn't tell him what I wanted to do, and he... he he thought it was great, so so I did it for seven years. Wow. So I have always thought of myself as having like a black thumb, but you, I know you've spoken, uh, you spoke in your book about how like gardening is like good for the soul, and like and I, I, I don't garden at all. Um, and I know you started this this garden and with uh, your parish, and um, I'd see good in gardening. What would you say to somebody who ha seemingly hates gardening <laughs> about how to incorporate you know somehow you know start that or, or incorporate the beauty of gardening into their life when there's not it's not there right now <laughs> but, but well, gardening especially if you're growing vegetables with flowers i suppose is one thing but our vegetable our garden was a vegetable garden and you think of you're feeding other people or you're feeding yourself you're feeding your family and it's a way to to act out what god wants us to do is to feed ourselves for the earth that he's given us the mm -hmm. product that he's given us and that's what gardening is vegetable garden is about but you're a farmer so you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got just a couple about another month and we'll be tilling the garden with for potatoes and onions <laughs> what do you grow uh oh that's a loaded question uh, <laughs> um potatoes um onions carrots spinach i we you name it and we probably have grown mm -hmm. something beets are a big one in our garden asparagus yeah we, we and have, you just started a vineyard and we just started a vineyard yeah so <laughs> well see yeah. and i've i've started i started gardening last year for the first time actually stuck with it and we're planning on my husband and i are planning on doing um another one this year and really trying to grow it and I've been trying to tap into Stacy's knowledge a little bit because I'm really like, there's my so husband's much. Knowledge. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so I'm trying to get through get through to him through you, but um, yeah, I think it is really it's really fun too because when people come over who haven't been to our house before, you know, like we get to go out there and get to tell them all about what we're growing, and it's just it's exciting. I don't know, and it seems like even if people aren't really interested in gardening, they're still fascinated by the concept of like what all it is that you can grow and what's involved in it. Cause it is a very tedious process. Mm -hmm. 
things together, bringing people together. Yeah, which, you know, I, we've talked about on the podcast when I did talk about my vineyard, how we've brought, it's brought like our homeschool community and even some, you know, some of the ladies here have come out and um, we, you know, we planted 300 grapes and all these people came from Tulsa and or from our homeschool groups come out and help us dig the holes for the plants and, mm-hmm. and to get them planted and watered and, mm-hmm. This is like something that you could maybe write a story about. (laughs) (laughs) Could I interview you for the Catholic? Yes, she would love that. I'll email you and ask you a good time to do a phone interview. How's that? That sounds great. Yay! That's what I write about, food and faith. I know. I think we're so Thank you. That's so fun. Well, are there any other like big questions you guys had? Because I have one like kind of small one, but I was thinking well, I'll wait just, till the end. I wasn't really going to ask a question, but I was just going to say, just thinking about the gardening and whatnot and how, um, like, for instance, like we have chickens. And so when we get a surplus amount of eggs and we can't, you know, have them all because they're all going to go bad, we can give those things away. And when you have like a, you know, a bigger garden, and, you know, if feeding yourself is wonderful. Feeding your family is great. But you have more, you can give that out to other people. And it's a way I think of giving, yes. you know, like kind of, I don't know, just yeah. try to try to expand that generosity through your whole hard work and whatnot. And so I just, I, I, I love the, the concept of all of this connecting food with faith. So um, my last kind of question for you is just kind of what's your favorite dish? Of all the dishes you have cooked or published or even privately have made yourself, what's your favorite dish that you've made? Tacos. Mexican tacos. <laughs> you can't go wrong with tacos. It's everyone's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in California, and that's what we ate a lot of. So that's that's my home food. It's, it's, it's tacos. I love that. Frijoles. It's, yes. Those are my basic foods. I'm sorry, it doesn't sound very sophisticated. Oh, no. no, I love no. that. Well, and I actually kind of love it because, like, it's simple and yet it's filling and it's, it's delicious, just like Jesus and our faith are yep. simple and delicious and <laughs> just and comforting. You said it's kind of like your comfort food, and it's again. It Tying faith into food. I think that's beautiful. And you'll see, you'll instantly see every time, like what you just said, when people describe their favorite food, they connect it back to their childhood. Mm -hmm. And we have such a responsibility as Catholics to help our children make these connections between their faith and their history and food. And you're going to help us do that. And I totally have a giant food crush on you. And I want to be just like you when I grow up. <laughs> and I really want a taco. <laughs> I want her tacos. You're very kind. I hope I've been helpful to you. Thank you. And um, just so our listeners know, the new book that we did ref- reference um, several times during the podcast tonight was, um, or today um, was Catholics in the Kitchen, Nurturing the Bond Between Faith and Food. Um, so if some of the things that we talked about tonight sounded interesting to you, you might check out that book by um, Alexandra. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to chat with you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be talking to you. And Stacey, I'm going to contact you. Right. Yay! <laughs> and okay. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm glad we were able to connect. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of well, the evening, the rest of the night. Have a yeah. wonderful time. You too. You too. God bless you. God bless you. Good night. Good night. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks.
Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you. Coffee and Catholics is a proud partner of the Smart Catholics Podcast Network. Find new shows to love, meet like-minded Catholics, and join the community at smartcatholics.com. Thank you.